0: It's October 31st, 2022, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Happy Halloween, everyone. I know we would normally do this on, on a Thursday, but we thought... You know, it's Halloween. It's it's something fun to do, and and we have. I don't think we've ever actually. Have we done a Halloween podcast before? Yeah. No, I, I think this. Uh, you're you're
1: absolutely right. I think this might be a, a first for us. I know we've done a Christmas. I we we do a Christmas one
0: every year. I don't think I not think this is our first Halloween. Oh, then this will be fun. This is great because we actually have a guest with us and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do, because uh, like I said, we don't we don't get a lot of guests, and I think you're probably going to be one of the more interesting ones.
2: <laughs> well, my name is Becky Vickers, and I am a paranormal investigator. I have been researching the paranormal for over 40 years, so I've seen that, done that. Um, been scared about that and all that good stuff that goes with it so yeah
0: okay well great well part part of why we wanted to do this well you know matthew and i are really residential architects and i don't know that either one of us has yet had the experience of working in a house that's been haunted although i do know my great grandmother still haunts my aunt's house down south of San Antonio. Mostly she just rings the doorbell. you know it's it's still a thing for her and and um, but yeah, I've never had the experience of of working with someone who actually had what was essentially a haunted house. so so we thought this would be fun, and of course, Matthew, I'm gonna let you kind of take this because you're the one who came up with this, and uh, you're the one who found Becky, so, so let's just jump off into this and and see where the questions go.
1: Okay, yeah. So we were we were looking at doing a haunted house episode a while ago, and thought, well, okay, it'd be it would be really cool to get somebody who has some experience with that type of thing. But uh, it was really difficult to actually get anybody to a say, oh yeah, you believe in ghosts, and B that oh yeah, my house was haunted or, or something <laughs> like that. I guess I guess we should all preface this by saying. I think everybody. I think it's pretty safe to assume that everybody talking here were, is uh, on on the same page as far as ghosts are concerned. Like we we all we can all agree that ghosts are real, right? Ghosts are real.
2: Most definitely.
1: So the podcast today is is looking at the architecture of haunted houses. So. Becky, could you maybe tell us some of your more potent experiences with ghosts and haunted houses?
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, I really appreciate what you guys do because the love of architecture in old houses, haunted houses, I love. So I'm always paying attention to the trim and the floors and the colors of the walls, especially in the older homes and stuff that are said to be haunted or assumed to be haunted. There's just so much to consider. But, okay, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite yet most scariest moments. It's, um, you guys are in the Dallas area, so you guys know where White Rock Lake is, right? Yeah. i or heard of it. I, I live
0: over by White Rock, yeah.
2: Oh, well, bless your heart. First of all, that's a very haunted area. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, one night, uh, me and a friend, we had gone out to a white rock lake. I had never been there. I didn't know any of the stories of any, any hauntings. All I knew about was a cemetery there that a lot of satanic stuff had happened, and the police closed it down at nighttime. You weren't allowed to go in it. Anyway, so we're going to see the cemetery. We, we know we can't go in, but, hey, let's take a drive. What are we going to do? So we get and we find this huge, long, for lack of a better word, if you imagine um, a bunker in a war, just rows of windows in this really long building and they're broke out and it's dark. It's it's creepy as hell to look at. So we pull over and I'm like, what is this place? And why is it here? Like, what is this? So we get out of the car and I'm taking pictures and um, he goes to one side, and I'm walking toward this, you know, again, lack of a better word, these bunkhouse-looking things. And all of a sudden, I mean, the hair on the back of my neck starts standing up, and I stop dead in my tracks. I'm like, something, something is here. I'm not by myself. You know, I'm a country girl, in case you couldn't hear that through my voice, but... It wasn't like an animal. And I look down and literally I can see all of the leaves because it was in the fall. All of these leaves parting. Like somebody is walking towards me and they're moving these leaves. And along with these leaves, I hear this swishing. Swish, swish, swish. I'm freaking out. I think it might be the only time I've ever left a location. And I'm like, get in the car. Something's coming. Something's, you know, totally coming up towards me big time. Didn't know what it was. So the next day, I think it was the uh, park and Recs, whoever owns or or keeps up with that uh, White Rock Lake walking trail or whatever. I called and spoke to a lady. And she said, well, of course, there's the lady in the lake. And I'm like, what lady in the lake? And she tells me a true story that's documented. It was in the Dallas Morning News, all of this stuff. Um, some lady committed suicide and, and put um, cinder blocks on her feet, jumped off and left a note on her on her dress to please notify her family in Fort Worth and let them know what had happened. So... Absolutely, I was freaking out because what I saw and what I heard was her wet dress swishing as she's walking towards me. She's That dress is moving these leaves, which I don't see the dress, you know. It, it's just I can see these leaves moving. And I hear that sound of swish, swish. And then it was like so clear. Oh, my gosh. That was her wet, sopping wet dress coming up. So um, that was rather creepy, and I, I had no clue of any of that story until the next day.
0: Yeah, that would, that would pretty much creep me
2: out. Yeah, it was. It was, especially her dress was really loud. Yeah. Like, I could just hear that dress through those leaves.
0: Wow. That's, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Never going out there at night, I'll, I'll <laughs> guarantee that. So I, and I guess this is a question for you know, just from an architecture standpoint, do you find that the houses that you the houses that are really haunted that seem very haunted do you do they tend to be the older homes or do you still have like the more recent maybe more modern homes that still have that same kind of um I, oh yeah, I, I guess they don't really you know discriminate about where they haunt <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, they don't. And, you know, one thing about haunting, especially in houses uh, or haunted homes, it's about energy, right? It's about the intention, like the people building the home. What is the intention of that home? What kind of energy is that home going to store? Or if you're buying a house from somebody and let's just say you buy a house that there was a murder in, you know, what what kind of energy is going to be in that house? It's not going to be very pleasant. So, I mean, you you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. I know I did a couple of years ago for this real realtor company literally built brand new giant houses, beautiful, stunning houses, and asked me to go in and smudge each house before they sold it. And I went into this one house just over the top, beautiful spiral staircase, you know, full back wall that overlooked a very nice wooded area. And I'm going through and I'm smudging the house because they're, you know, they're wanting to sell the homes and start off on a good foot. So I'm trying to get rid of any energy that possibly could be there from anything. Um, But this was a brand new home. And I walked in and man, instantly I'm like, something's not right. There's something not right with this house. And I even I was by myself and I was even getting a little nervous. So I'm going through and I'm doing the sage and, you know, creating a a positive energy for the new homeowners that they have happiness and this sort of thing. And I got to the staircase and I literally stopped because I'm like, what what is this? What what's going on? But I got this overwhelming feeling of one of the people that had been a contractor, I'm like, this guy that built this house that worked on the staircase part was a really bad dude. And so I, I told the realtor, I'm like, look, well, they're, because they always would call and say, what did you find? How did it feel? Was it okay? And I'm like, no, this house wasn't okay. And so when I brought it up, I'm like, you know, someone that was actually building really had bad intentions. And she said that there was a guy that had been stealing from the site who was on drugs and they literally had to have him arrested and put in jail. So, I mean, that sort of stuff, no one has ever lived in that house. That They hadn't sold it yet, but already it had negative energy from this person with all these negative intents. And It was wild. And and so, you know, I smudged and felt better about having them put it on the market. I'm like, "I, I feel good about it now. But even just something like that that people don't think about, especially with the newer homes, is, you know, what is the intent? What is the energy of that home and those builders? So, man, there's so many reasons, whether it's a brand new home or an older home, that it could be haunted.
0: Interesting. I, I hadn't thought about, about new homes because you don't think about, you know, well, no one's lived there. So so there's no, how how do you possibly have that energy? How do you have that haunting or that, that sensation? And interestingly enough, um, I did have a contractor who he finished, was finishing up a house. He said as they were getting finished up and, and he just felt uncomfortable in the house and he doesn't know why, except the Um, the house that had been there, they had torn down and then built this house on top of the property. And I think the wife had died there. And I think that's, that's maybe what it was for him was that he was getting that energy from her, her passing.
2: A lot of times people want to ignore those feelings. You know, everybody talks about having a sixth sense on on things and it's like, Oh, I I knew that was going to happen or I knew that was going to go that way um, our bodies don't react for no reason. When you go into a house and suddenly maybe you feel a little nauseous or a little dizzy, um, or any of those things, you know, people talk about when they're, they go into a location and it doesn't feel right. Like you're talking about, you know, the hair stands up on their arms. So a body isn't just reacting that way for the hell of it. I mean, there's a reason, there's a cause, there's an energy around that is making your body react that way. And so people, I don't think, pay near enough attention to that as they should. They want to dismiss, oh, you know, it was a cold breeze or, you know, oh, it was nothing. I mean, those things are happening for a reason. So I, I just, you know, encourage your listeners to pay attention when you're feeling those things and don't dismiss them quite so easily
0: has there been an experience where you've known it's, it's a specific person where, where there's a, the house maybe has a history. And so, you know, that, you know, something bad happened here or the previous owner died here or something along those lines where, you know, you it's not just a feeling, you're actually not maybe physically, not physically seeing it. I don't know if that's the right word.
2: Yes. Well, um, I'm going to use my house as an example. Because um, I do think that you can have attachments from different locations, different hauntings, different places. And I have a little book in my living room where I document all this stuff. Because going to different haunted locations for years, you know, I feel like things follow me home. One night I had all the water um, in the faucets upstairs and downstairs in my house came on at the same time. Very crazy. Don't know what that was about, but okay. Um, And then this past June in New Orleans, uh, one of the scariest things that I've had happen over 40 years, and and I know it's going to sound unbelievable, but I'm telling you the truth. I stayed in a haunted hotel, and I fell asleep with a piece of equipment on called an ovulus which brings words you can actually physically hear words and um I fell asleep and something in the middle of the night grabbed both of my ankles and tried to yank me out of the bed like if it was if I can use the term man hands really big strong hands um yeah, that wasn't fun. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on my feet and I'm just, I'm, I'm so scared because I could, like, when I woke up, I could physically see my feet outside of the cover straight out. Like something's trying to drag me off the bed, which is one of the things that was notorious with this hotel. And so I'm, I'm screaming, who is that? Who is that? And my little ovulus just comes up and it says, Me. It it was crazy. I don't have video, but I have all the audio of me waking up screaming. Who is that? Who is that? You can't touch me. You can't touch me. So, you know, that was pretty, that was pretty intense. I didn't enjoy that much.
0: (laughs) Well, I I don't know that. I don't know that I would either. Um, And, and you know, the, I mentioned that, that my, my great grandmother still uh, haunts my aunt's house. Um, When, when my aunt, moved down. Um, it was a family farm. My, uh used to be run by my great-grandmother, and she's this little four-bedroom house. And when my um, aunt decided to move her and my cousins down there and you know, get out of Dallas, get out of town, uh, before they did, she and my dad went down to check the house out, and they were sleeping on the floor. And my dad's kind of drifting off to sleep, and he hears this thump and this scraping sound and this thump and this scraping sound. And he's like, it sounded exactly like my great grandmother when she got older and she'd walk with a cane. This is what the sound was. And he's just, he's like, he goes, Larry, I just pulled the, pulled the sleeping bag over my head and just sat there and waited for it to pass.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) And and it was nothing, you know, nothing where she was, there was nothing malevolent. It was almost like she was just checking out who was in the house. And, um, and so eventually the, my aunt had moved down there and eventually the house was torn down and she built, she had a new, new place put on the same location. And so now my, my great grandmother takes to ringing the doorbell just for fun. Um, but but yeah, nothing malevolent, but she's there. And, and to this day, it's, it's just one of those things. So, and, and I haven't experienced it and I'm fine with that, but I know, (laughs) I know Matthew, you said that, you know, you're, you've had some experience with this, but it wasn't wasn't like in in your house or in someone else's house.
1: So, so my only experience with ghosts is is from walking around the battlefield at, at Gettysburg in Pennsylvania. During you know you you just you you walk through the fields and there were specific points where you just kind of like. Oh, okay. This mm-hmm. was, uh, this was your, you're walking through, you're like, Oh, th- that was uh, something big happened there. And then, and, and the tour guide, you know, a little bit later as, as we're going through, he confirms It's like, Oh yeah, this was, this is where 200 dudes died because they got caught in a crossfire from somewhere else. And and they're just like, Oh yeah, I could kind of, I, I, I kind of got that a little bit and then kind of different environment. But that, that was, that was my own experience with, uh, haunting, but it seems to me like the, the classic example of a haunting is, is some kind of man-made structure. Has, has, has that usually tended to be your experience as well, Becky?
2: You know what? A, a lot of times it can be, um, anything can be haunted. I mean, you can have the foundation of the home You know, what the home is built with could cause hauntings or have residual. A lot of people talk about, oh, they they saw a shadow on the wall or this or that. I'm very intrigued. It sounds going to sound weird. But when I go into an older home that is said to be haunted, um, the first thing I look at are the floors. Because the floors tell a huge story and have huge energy. Either somebody may have danced together in that home, which would be happy energy. Kids sit in the floor. They play with their toys in the floor. Um, You know, families play games. Or it could be just the opposite. You know, there was a violent, um, you know, husband and wife fought all the time. And there was a lot of pushing to the floor. All of that energy is stored in those four walls i mean it it definitely hangs around does that make sense
0: as as much as anything else honestly <laughs> okay it's a lot well no I mean it's it is it's it's fascinating to hear because yeah it it's, it's it's people are like yeah you've lost your mind but no, no I mean I'm I'm very much very much attuned uh, I think a lot of ways to that and so so yeah I can I can see the materials you know absorbing that energy and, and being yeah. part of that
2: um I mean if um, there's a super old mansion in Louisiana that we just went to, Uh, a bunch of girls and I went and stayed for a weekend. And one of the things was that we didn't know about is they have this huge carpet upstairs and it is actually blood of um, a civil war soldier that he died from a head wound and they picked him up and put him on, um, I guess like a gurney. And as they did, you know, the blood dripped from, from his head and it stained the wood. So they just put a rug over it instead of, uh, you know, doing anything to wood. They just put a rug over it, and I'm thinking, well, that that would be nice to know if I was sleeping in that room that there's actual blood on the floor underneath the rug. I mean, that sort of thing. Again, it's just uh, so much can re- just retain the energy of previous people or, you know, events.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I, I really liked what you were talking about earlier with like, the first thing you pay attention to is the floors. Cause you, you I mean, obviously that, that that's the first thing that anybody ever encounters when you step into a building as well, you're going to go, yes. well, maybe be on the roof is the floor. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so how, so how do, how, in your experience, how, how, how do spirits get entangled with the the guts of the building, Uh, a floor, or, or, uh, I I mean, obviously you've mentioned murder, but are there, are there any other ways that you found that spirits can get entangled with the, the, the materials of a place?
2: We know there's so many reasons spirits would stay behind. Maybe um, they have unfinished business and it could be something as simple as, you know, Talking about your grandmother passing on, Um, it could be that she stays behind for just a few months after her passing because maybe she had a granddaughter that needed to graduate high school or, um, and then, you know, there's a lot of times there's tragedy. People die very sudden and they don't understand. Um, It's heartbreaking when I go into a home that's haunted. Uh, Children's spirits because a lot of times they don't understand why people uh, aren't talking to them or people aren't playing with them the way that they always did, you know, that sort of thing. So there's, there's many things, you know, unfinished business, um, you know, again, because they love the space or a lot of times they have messages like for you or someone in the home. So there's many reasons that Things can be tied to the house, you know, so many.
0: Okay. Well, so how do you untangle them?
2: It's not always easy, <laughs> not always easy. And uh, listen, here's the thing with people that say they can get rid of a ghost. It's not that easy. Uh, if a ghost can walk back and forth through a wall, throw things at you, and you think you're just going to come in there and go, hey, I need you to leave. <laughs> it's not going to work. It doesn't go that way. Um, you can encourage a spirit to go to the lot. Like, let them know, look, you you have passed on. And, and you're stuck here. And what you are waiting for is at the lot. And you need to go. So, it, to me, you can encourage spirits to go. A lot of people believe that smudging a house will... Um, get rid of spirits and a lot of time it gets rid of a lot of negative energy but getting rid of a spirit not so much i think that has to be their choice unfortunately in my opinion
0: okay and interesting i i i <laughs> i can't imagine my aunt being able to get rid of my great-grandmother
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, she might say, look, you're bothering me. The doorbell thing is getting on my nerves. I need you to pass on. Um, she'll go if she wants to go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? well,
0: And when my, when my grandmother, um, so when her daughter um, fell ill. Um, like right at right at the end of of her life Um, my grandmother told my dad she said you know if you guys put me on life support and keep me hanging out in the hospital for two or three weeks i will come back and haunt you oh (laughs) yeah just flat out laid it out for him and my dad's like yes (laughs) ma'am because 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 my grandmother is of that same kind of i think uh, vain as my great-grandmother that she would do it. She would just show up randomly at some point and my dad would just have to deal with that. Um, so Matthew found something interesting about um, something that we didn't, we don't think about and I've never thought of. And, and maybe you haven't either. And that had to do with actually, you know, you talk about real estate companies. Um, this actually has to do with selling a house.
1: Yeah, so there's this great legal case out of the New York Supreme Court called Stembovsky versus Ackley. And it's a great precedent for what can happen if you own a house that is haunted and you go try to sell it. You know, for for most people, disclosing a house is haunted as you're trying to sell it is kind of a non starter. You might get an eye roll from some buyers and or they might actually believe you, my worst case scenario here, and they could run away as fast as they possibly could. But in nineteen somewhere between nineteen eighty-nine and nineteen ninety in the New York State Court, Jeff Stambowski was set to buy a house from the defendant, uh, Helen Ackley, and that was really where it all started. Helen's relatives had all either died or moved away, and she was getting too old to take care of the large house that she had. But as she went to sell the house to Jeff, she would not sign her half of the paperwork until Jeff had acknowledged the disclosure that her house was haunted. Now, Jeff laughed it off. See the aforementioned eye roll. And they moved forward with the sale of the house. Now, one week after the sale had been finalized, Mr. Jeff Stembowski files suit in New York State Court saying that the real estate company and the previous owner had fraudulently misrepresented the house and so he was suing for damages and he was also suing to get out of the contract of the, the sale of the house even though the seller had previously disclosed the haunting prior to her signing any of the contract documents so yeah so there is actual case law in the United States about disclosing a haunting if the house is haunted
0: basically you need to be telling people that
2: I agree. As far as I know, in the state of Texas right now, there is no disclosure law. But if the buyer does ask, has anybody died in this home, then the seller is required to answer that truthfully. And then that person buying the home can do their own research on the home and find out what's happened. No doubt there's some interesting cases. I think I could be wrong on this number, but I think there are only seven or eight states in the U.S. that do have a full disclosure on the death or, you know, Uh, some sort of event or something that happened in the house that they have to disclose that up front.
0: Yeah. I I think I remember reading that there's some, some state that if, if it's happened within the last three years, you have to disclose it. Matthew isn't, isn't one of the, one of the, uh, I think the case you were talking about with a couple backing out of the sale, something that's like taught in law school or like there, there's an actual course that's taught on that.
1: Oh yeah. Apparently the, Stembowski versus Ackley case is, is a, a fairly well known case in law school, more because of the unique decision uh, than anything else that was handed down by the New York Supreme Court of Appeals. After an appeal, because Jeff Stembowski lost his first case, uh, he appealed to the uh, Supreme Court, and the court majority ruled that. Jeff had to stop denying that the house was haunted because the seller had both disclosed it and apparently had several nationally published stories about it. But on, on the flip side of that, the court also said, and and this is really my favorite part, that as a matter of, and I'm quoting here, as a matter of law, the house is haunted. <laughs> that, that that's really the best part, the entire of uh, the entire ruling, the house is haunted. <laughs> and so back to the r- remainder of that but the, the the rest of the ruling says because no reasonable building inspector is going to be able to prove a house is haunted or not the the buyer was allowed to pull out of the sale after it had already taken place but he was only allowed to recoup some of his money so yes Mr building inspector go find me a ghost or not, as the case may be. You
2: know, I would think that because the paranormal, uh, haunting, cannot be scientifically proved. And when I say scientifically proved, I mean the way that you get that title scientifically proved is you can have an experiment that you do over and get the same result every single time, every single minute is exactly the same. It sucks because I think people should disclose that there's, uh, unseen forces in the home and uh, disclose what's happening. Yeah. If someone truly thinks they have experienced that in the home and they're moving because of that, I think that needs to be told to the new homeowners and let them decide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the case in New York ended up being that the, I think the woman who owned the house, um, Had actually done interviews. She'd she'd written a story, uh, I want to say for Reader's Digest about how the house had been haunted, and her, you know, she had passed from her mother to her, I believe, and and so these stories had gone back years and years and years, and the judge was like, okay, this is something. You know, nowadays, you could Google it and have no no trouble finding it. But, but yeah, I would think if, if there's something serious going on, yeah, that, that'd be good to know, just in case. Although there was a, a great skit on Saturday Night Live about this old house with Bob Vila. And it was like a haunted house. And, you know, OK, there's blood running down the walls. What do you do? Well, you know, you just put a vapor barrier down and then you build a false wall in front of it. Um I think there was like an open pit in the floor, you know, going down to hell or something. And so, you know, you, you make it a focal point of the room and decorate it around it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it was it's interesting that there's case law, that there's actual case law about this and, and who who would think that I mean, all the crazy things that happen in the courts, if this would be one of those those things. But, yeah, it was Mat- – Matthew sent me the, the article about it. <laughs> it was just like on the disclosure form. Oh, look, there's a box for haunting. <laughs> we'll, we'll just check that off.
2: Um, it's really interesting. I mean, it's really interesting that the states are uh, saying, look, you need to disclose that now. And I would love – to sit and be a bystander in a courtroom when when one of those cases come up
0: yeah there there's um not not haunted but there is a building in new orleans that had been a very well-known brothel i mean had 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 been for years and eventually um you know the the owner died but they they converted it into uh, multiple condos within this this structure and I think there's some photographs on the walls and stuff as you come into the to the main floor, the main lobby area, talking about the house. But I'm like thinking, you know, you're buying this house. I, you know, should you disclose it had been a brothel that, <laughs> that all this stuff? You know, so yeah, so 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 why not also disclose disclose the haunting? Um, but is there so? covered the range of things. Is there anything we've missed that you think maybe we should talk about a little bit or that that we haven't I mean, because I'm I'm sure there's so much encompassing all of this, but is there anything particular that that you might want to share that we might have missed?
2: Well, if you're moving into a home, whether it's brand new, because again, it's all about the intentions of people, you know, what what energy did those hold? Was it a good a good happy home or was it a not so good happy home? So I would just encourage anyone, any of your listeners that are, that is moving into a home or buying a home or having one built that you smudge before you go in, you are, get someone to come do it for you and just, you know, clear the energy from that and, and make sure that that space is clear for you to create, create your own energy there. Um, I think that's really, really important.
0: Well, cool. Well, well, thanks, thanks for being with us. Um, if if people need to get in touch with you, is there a good, like, email that they can reach you at?
2: Sure. They can email me at Beck's Ghost Hunters. It's like Becky. It's B-E-C-K-S. Like, everybody calls me Beck. So, it's Beck's Ghost Hunters at com. And you guys can follow me on any of the social media sites, Facebook, all of that kind of thing. So, I'd love to hear from many of your listeners that have stories or cool stuff about architecture and, and experience there. Or if you guys have something going on, you, got, you better let me know.
0: <laughs> well, we'll definitely do that for sure. And, and, of course, guys, you know you can always reach me, Larry, at com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at spottedogarch.
1: And you can find architecture geeks on the interwebs that <laughs> – at architecturegeeks.com and you can and you can follow us on Instagram at archgeeks podcasts. So, but I think that's where we're going to end it. I would like to give a special thank you to Becky again for participating and really appreciate it. So, thank you so much and we'll see you guys later.
2: Bye. Yeah. Happy Halloween everybody.
1: <laughs> Bye guys.